This is the Huey Alert Podcast with Craig and Shelley Huey, bringing you the tools to transform our nation and culture, the intersection of faith and politics. Hi, everyone. It's Craig Huey. I'm here at the International Religious Freedom Conference, and I'm here with my lovely bride, Shelley. And we're in D.C. We're in Washington, D.C. It's raining. Oh, my gosh. It's so cold and gloomy. But we're at a conference <laughs> filled with people talking about, hearing speakers about religious freedom and the persecution of people of all different faiths, including Christians, internationally. It's so amazing just walking through the, the halls of this show and seeing people from all over the world and recognizing that as a Christian, the, the concept of persecution is something that we barely understand because so many of these people that are here have either A, been persecuted to the point of near death themselves, or they know someone who has. And you know what? Yeah. I'm super excited. I know you are. <laughs> because today we have a very special yeah. guest. Her name is Nadine Mayenza. Mm -hmm. Welcome, Nadine, to our show. Much. Appreciate and it. Can you tell us what you're currently involved with? Sure. So currently, I'm the president of the International Religious Freedom Secretariat. So, um, what what we do is we uh, we really um, coordinate and help um, synergize the religious freedom movement. And we have. We, we have an International Religious Freedom Roundtable in Washington every week. Um, we also have them all over the world. We're setting up secretariats to help coordinate different regions all over the world and um, really to improve religious freedom conditions and to help people work better together so that we're able to move the needle to do that. So religious freedom, mm -hmm. how would you define religious freedom Yeah. and why? Yeah. Well, what, why, you know, <laughs> why as a, as a listener, am I, right. I'm hearing you for the first time, right? why do I care? You know, it's one of those, first of all, it's, it's the canary in the coal mine. When a country's religious freedom deteriorates, I can assure you, everything else will too. Um, people should have the right freedom to, um, to believe or not to believe, a freedom of thought, conscience, and belief. And so it, I often will advocate for people that are atheists in, in a mm -hmm. country like Saudi Arabia, right. and people will be confused as a Christian, what are you doing right. <laughs> advocating right. for this right. atheist? And and I and I'll say I, I can assure you if someone can't be an atheist they can't be a Christian either and mm -hmm. and and it's really for all or for none it's so important I spoke to a Muslim um, or a group of Muslim from from India that live here in the United States and about their concerns with persecution and I'll be honest they're huge advocates for Christians in India right um, because they're which in, is a for for Christians <laughs> it's a it's a country important. where there's persecution going for on God, right, right now right yeah. now and to have other religious minorities speak up for you we all stand together and. And it's really the only way to have the kind of peace and prosperity we want for our children to be mm -hmm. able to grow and thrive, for peace really in the world. Yes. So much of it is it comes down to these, these divisions, and often religion plays a big role in that. Great. So There's so many countries. I, mean, I've, I know just from personal research that are experiencing yeah. incredible persecution, and we could spend hours <laughs> we could. talking about that. But today, I really wanted to refine it down to two areas specifically that you know I know you've been involved with, and you know a lot about. And I believe our audience would be like, "What? What's this?" <laughs> so the one is is Syria, and um, the other one is Taiwan. Yes. So let's start with yeah. Syria. Sure. Well, let me tell you why they they they're, they're connected in my mind. Yes. Is they're both bright spots. 
we found these places um, that have really remarkable religious freedom conditions and the areas around them don't and their history is such that they shouldn't so why do they have such great religious freedom conditions Taiwan really is this robust democracy that's just um, a remarkable place and yet China is threatening to take it and as one of the ambassadors I believe to France from China said well when we do take it we're gonna put them all in a re-education camp we know what that looks mm -hmm. like they're concentration yeah. camps we know if China takes this what it's gonna look like we've seen it before in Xinjiang right. and so you know it's, it's important that the US understand what's at risk you know and, and, and by, on the flip side the autonomous administration of North and East Syria the northeast part of Syria also has these remarkable religious freedom conditions. Yet, you know, um, Bashar Assad, who is his, um, you know, the autocratic leader of, of, of his own country, of Syria, you know, is is has killed at least a half a million. Um, Twelve million of his citizens are, are either um, displaced in their own country or refugees, right. and obviously used gas on his own people. So this is yes. an evil leader. Yes. But yet, one third of the country is, is actually an autonomous region and I think some people that are listening are gonna it's gonna ring a bell because they're the their their security forces the Syrian Democratic forces are the guys that defeated the ISIS caliphate as partners with the US Wow, wow. okay so so that that's important and what's going on with the Christians right now as far as persecution mm -hmm. threats from Turkey right right so so what's I what's really exciting about the autonomous administration is you know, Christians, Yazidis, other religious minorities were a part of the founding of this autonomous region. So they're, in, in the way that they set up their government was in such a way that it over-represents the minorities. So Christians um, are major leaders there. Um, they wow. have, and, and they're treated with the same dig dignity as others. And I think this is important to understand. You know, when we talk about religious freedom, we don't mean the ability to just go to, to, to church and worship, right? but the ability to be treated as an equal in your own society. And oftentimes Christians so, are second-class citizens. Yeah. Would you define that as the difference between um, uh, freedom of worship versus freedom of religion? Right, in, 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 in a way that, that makes them an equal citizen. Yes. And so they're equal citizens in Northeast Syria. Uh, um, in fact, um, there are churches of Christian converts. And nowhere else in the Middle East do you see Christian converts embraced the same way, that you will see some churches um, in northern Iraq, and they're allowed to be there. But their families are probably, they have issues with their families, right. there, there's some fear. In northeast Syria, um, they, they are, um, it's a different culture. And the thing that's so exciting about it for us is, um, you know, the, the Kurdish areas of northeast Syria is a smaller part of the northeast. And, but the majority of it is Arab areas, and the majority of it was under the ISIS caliphate. Mm -hmm. It wasn't def totally defeated until 2019. So Raqqa, for instance, was the headquarters of the ISIS caliphate in 2017, and yet now is the headquarters of the Autonomous Administration in Northeast Syria. Wow. So how do you go from yeah. a place that some of them invited ISIS in, frankly. Mm -hmm. The women weren't allowed to leave without a guardian. They had to wear black. Before ISIS, then ISIS comes in. They see that this isn't our religion. Right. And then after ISIS, the the, the Syrian Democratic Forces, as they were liberating areas from ISIS, they were empowering the local people to yes. set up this governance that included that was them. So it wasn't like they set it up for them. They set up they and so it had legitimacy with the people. Right. Which is different than what we've seen in, when the U.S. Has, has been involved militarily with yeah. other folks, where they set it up for them. But we know that doesn't doesn't seem to work. Right. And I think we're all kind of at the point where we're done with forever wars. We're done with the U.S. involving themselves militarily and and then 
it go it, it becomes just as bad if not worse later uh-huh. and and the thing about this is so neat is they've built a government and that's really how to stop a forever war mm-hmm. is to have a government and a government that allows Christians to thrive to be a part of um, um, the government be to be a part of society Yazidis um, and and it's one of the oldest Christian churches in the world I think uh, 36 AD was when the when they believe the first church was started there so wow. they still speak Aramaic in yeah. fact Aramaic is one of the official languages of this government. It's Syriac, um, um, Kurdish, and Arabic. So yep. the flag has it on it. Where else in the uh-huh. world do you see the language of Jesus on a flag? Wow. And so it's really a beautiful place, yeah. And um, but it's a harsh part of the world, and there are a lot of threats. Wow. So that's probably one of the areas that Americans should be looking at. Yeah. You're going to see it in the news. You're right. going to see movements. What about Taiwan? Right. So, so Taiwan is, you know, the, the only threat to Taiwan at this point in time is China. Yes. Um, and the one thing about the United States that's important to note is when we're asking the United States to stand up for the autonomous administration of Northeast Syria, um, and right now Turkey is looking yes. to invade and, and, and is trying to destroy this project. Right. You know, when you look at Taiwan, you see China looking to invade. No one is suggesting the U.S. go to war against these countries with the military. And the thing is, the U.S. is so powerful that there are so many things economically that the U.S. could do to disincentivize military action. So you're saying you think there's ways that the U.S. can be instrumental in avoiding war. Yeah. So with communist China, you have a nation that's persecuting uh, every religion that's not in line with the Communist Party. It's probably the number one nation for persecuting Christians, domestically tearing down churches. Uh, What they've done to the Muslims is unbelievable. It's horrific. Uh, And then you've got Taiwan, which is also Chinese, but you've got Taiwan as a free republic where they have elections, but more important from from our standpoint on this conversation, they have freedom of religion. They do, and it's one of the most interesting things I learned when I visited is almost half of all the people in Taiwan follow an indigenous religion. Okay. And so they're not even they're not Christians. Yeah. Um, but but the Presbyterian Church of Taiwan. Um, is a small Christians are a tiny I would think 7% or something and and they played such an oversized role in democracy and bringing democracy and standing up and risking their lives right. f- for the people to have democracy there's a real respect for them for that so so they really when I was visiting um, a couple months ago in November um, I was visiting a Catholic church and there was a Buddhist nun pulling weeds at the church because she loves the church and she loves the path the, the priest there and their friends and so she comes over and pulls weeds for him you know these are the right. kind of relationships you see in Taiwan um, that's really quite remarkable and they said over the years I, Taiwan has become more religious mm-hmm. and I think that's really important to understand when we're talking about religious freedom we're not talking about secularism like people right. should be less religious and they'll get along better mm-hmm. now you can really be really religious and embrace yes. your faith and still get along really well yes, yes. And, and, and be able to accept each other's dignity right. even if you don't agree with their faith right. them as human beings and to support one another and to do things jointly together and, and that's really what we do with our secretary is try to bring people together to build that in each of these countries and really for Christians um, as far as scriptural sure evangelize absolutely uh, tell people about Jesus but we don't find anything about forcing people absolutely uh, using the coercion of government to, yep. to do something we need freedom of religion in these nations so that the gospel can flourish exactly and that means everybody 
has to have to equal religion. rights exactly. to be able to worship as they wish according to the dictates of their conscience. Absolutely, and, and, and that is a, a different way of looking at these things. Yes. So people do have to do like an intellectual thought process and yes. how do I advocate for this person of a faith I don't agree right. with to be able to sit at the table and do the things I do. Um, you know, if we were, you know, if we only let people be Christians, then um, people won't want to, frankly, it doesn't reflect on our faith well. It, it's, Christianity doesn't work that way. And in fact, when you look at the countries like the Saudi Arabia where people are forced to be Muslims, yes, uh, I've read studies that have said the majority of them are actually atheist. Mm. They go through the motions, but it's not their heart. Really? Because when you're forced to follow a faith, it really isn't your heart. And we don't want follower people that call themselves Christians um, that, that don't have it in their heart to be. What we yes. want is to, to show people what Christ looks like and in and, and, and allowing the people to practice their faith, loving on them yeah. and serving them. And I'll tell you, that's what's happening in the Middle East. Christians are converts are everywhere. And I had talked to one bishop in a Middle Eastern country who said he promised the imams that he would never... Um, he would never convert anyone, and then they just started coming to his church. And he and, and he had to, to go to the imams and say, I'm so sorry, I never meant to convert people. They're just being converted. And so, and, and you've seen this starting, some people think it really did begin in Iran, and it's spread out into Iraq and Syria, and now we have these churches of Christian converts. And, um, and, 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 and while I'm a big fan of supporting these evangelical churches of Christian converts, I just can't stress enough how important it is to still also support the historical Christian right. churches. Right. You know, the Orthodox, the, yes. the Chaldeans, the uh -huh. ones that have practiced these liturgy for 2,000 right. years. Right. They may worship differently than us, yes. but they were the ones that were actually the survivors of genocide by ISIS. They right. were the ones that did not deny Christ, even right. though it was a different way of worshiping than yes. we're used to. Yes. I mean, I have been in some of these Orthodox churches that like were so different, yet people are raising their hands to the Lord yes. as they do these liturgies that are 2,000 years old with tears running down their face. Yes. So you tell me they don't follow Christ. They right. might yeah. not play guitar and listen right. to music like I do. Right. Right. Um, and, and I think for us from the West, sometimes we look at that and we think, oh, that, that doesn't seem very... It doesn't feel like our religion, so it's right. a disconnect. But then when you see how they've suffered for Christ and they yeah. haven't denied him... Wow. And, and so I, I, I'm a big fan of if you're going to go in and support the evangelical movements in the Middle East, please also support the historical Christians. And you yes. can do both. And that's what's right. so beautiful. Because yeah. we even in America, look at the Christian church. We really come and look so differently. Right. And based on how we were raised and the part of the world or the part of the country we're in. And, and we need to work better together in our own country. And so right. it shows us how we need to support the church as a whole in these other countries. Right. So one thing I know about our audience is they love to pray and yes. I'd like to conclude this podcast oh, with wonderful. your couple prayer points that oh, these wonderful. people can grab onto. First of all, I want everyone that's listening to adopt Sudan, uh, Syria, Iraq, Iran, any yes. country you can think yeah. of you could do Syria and Taiwan that we just talked about. Yes. Yeah. But adopt a country yeah. and Find out who's in the leadership. Pray wow. for them. What a great concept. That's a great idea. Uh, you know, adopt a country for prayer. Yes. And, and plus, since we talked about Syria and Taiwan, maybe, Nadine, you can tell exactly what prayer points they could pray for. Sure. For, for starting with Syria. Okay. Just two. Sure. That's I it. think, first of all, of course, for, for, for the Christians in particular, to be able to stand strong and, and to be able to feed their families. A lot of times, that's the, the, the basic needs are, are really 
so simple for these countries that, that where they have so little. Yes. Um, and and that, that the Lord would be with them strong. They'd feel the Lord's presence mm. through all the persecution they're enduring. And that he would bring people to come alongside them and support them. Um, I, I, you know, that to me, the persecuted, those who are, are, are struggling to stay, a lot of people chose to stay. And it's been a hard journey. They don't have the economic environment that they should. Turkey's trying to invade um, and, and, and bombing areas. And so the economic um work that was going on the u.s lifted sanctions on northeast syria in yeah. may um but because turkey keeps trying to invade um and and send, he's, they've sent in islamist militias who really created some of the territories they've taken look just like the isis caliphate so they're afraid of that um and they really need to be able to you know to take care of their families so that the lord would bless them they'd be with them and strengthen them and give the U.S. wisdom because um, the U.S. policy is right now 100% on what will happen in Northeast Syria. If, if they have a shot at surviving, it's because we we are pushing Turkey back and saying, you can't invade. Now, we're not suggesting we do that militarily, but obviously we could tank Turkey's economy. There's all sorts of threats we can make economically to Turkey in a way that would disincentivize an invasion. So if Turkey does invade Northeast Syria, yes. it's because the U.S. government did not make the price oh. high enough. Oh, wow. Wow. And right now, we're not seeing any move on the part of the State Department or Department of Defense or any government You know, they have groups. held them back. There's no doubt they would have okay. invaded earlier had they not held them okay. back. So I have to get the, 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 the Biden administration credit for yes. holding them back. Turkey is important for NATO. They're important right. for a lot of things. And yes. so the question is, will they continue that? And and I think, you know, what I'd recommend our readers, you know, send an email to their member of Congress and yes. say, don't let Turkey invade Northeast Syria. Uh, we stand with the so religious minorities there. Con- the, you, their uh, congressman mm-hmm. and their senator right. would be important to put pressure. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And they can, um, I believe it's 202, 224, what is it? Three, four, two, four. Um, they, you can Google it, but um, if you're a constituent, you can only call your member of Congress. Right. Right. But it matters to them. They do look at who calls and what they call about, and those yeah. things actually matter. Call your local office yeah. and tell your local office you care. Yeah. Um, that you care about persecuted Christians. You care about um, religious freedom, and you want the U.S. to make the right decisions. And standing with Taiwan, the same thing. You know, pray that the Lord makes the right that, that the Lord guides the U.S. because the U.S. policy is going to make a big difference too on Taiwan. If we stand with them or if we back away, I think if if China senses any weakness from the U.S. that they may well invade. And my fear, to be quite honest, have been one that goes to both places and yes. cares deeply about both. And I have leaders of both countries, yeah. both governments here that, yeah. at the Earth Secretary Summit this week is, yes. is that if the U.S. lets Turkey invade, then China's going to see that and then they're going to also do it. Yeah. They'll see appeasement, they'll see weakness, they'll yes. take advantage. Right. So, like I said, nobody wants additional war. I'm I'm, I'm still dealing with the consequence of the Iraq war, and that's what we're dealing with here, right? ISIS rose because of our missteps in Iraq for so many years. So no one's a fan of, of creating wars, places we don't need to be, but, but we also need to figure out these situations, how we can use our power as a country to deter these bad, bad actors from yeah. destroying religious freedom in some pretty impressive places. Let me pray for you before Thank you. we go. Lord, I thank you so much for Nadine. I praise your name that you've positioned her for your glory. We thank you, God, that she's um, connecting with the right government leaders, not here, not just here at this conference, but throughout the world. We ask God for um, whoever, men or women, that are U.S. policymakers, whether they're Christians or not, you can visit them in dreams and visions. You can give them your policy for your people. That's what we beg for you to do 
on behalf of Syria and on behalf of Taiwan. You're the one that can make the policy change even right now as they're trying to figure it out. And we pray against any war that would come in and destroy and kill your people and any person that still doesn't know you yet. We pray, God, for salvation to take place in Syria and in Taiwan. We pray for the Christians to rise up there and not be ashamed of the gospel. We ask them to stand strong. We ask for you, Holy Spirit, to deliver food to their doorstep. Mm. Surprise them as to how they mm. get their food. We take food for granted. They beg for food daily. Lord, please feed them. And we thank you, God, that um, anything that is going to take place, that you've got people placed in the right spot like Nadine to be able to smartly discuss and unpack and, and communicate hope and truth in a, in a situation that could be very unstable. So, Lord, I thank you that you will protect her as she goes on her trip to Syria. And uh, we thank you, Father, that you're going to do miracles on her behalf, that she would see your hand moving mountains. We thank you, God, for protecting these two countries. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, thanks, everyone, for listening in. And next week, we'll be back with another interview, and we'll talk to you then. Bye. <laughs> thanks for joining us this week. We are listener-supported, so please consider partnering with us by donating at craighuey.com or by signing up for our free newsletter. We look forward to being with you next week. And don't forget to share this podcast with others.